welcome to episode 98 of My Pocket Psych, the podcast all about the psychology of the workplace. I'm Dr. Richard McKinnon, and I'm joined as ever by my co-host, Pilar Orti. Pilar, how are you doing today? I am doing, uh, what? I'm doing very well, sorry. I'm anticipating the topic. <laughs> it was a bad joke, sorry, uh, listeners. Hello. <laughs> it'll all become clear in a moment. Uh, yeah, no, we, it's it's really interesting. Um, we're going to talk about distractions. And um, I wonder what our listeners are doing while they're listening to this. Oh, yeah. That might be something to give you pause for thought. We're going to look at these distractions that can grab our attention, that can slow us down, that can sometimes leave us feeling a bit frustrated. And as you'll all probably realize immediately, we can in no way cover a total, complete list of everything that could distract us. But what we're going to do is look at some of the different categories or sources of distraction and give some indications about how we might more effectively deal with them. But before we dive into that, just a couple of pieces of follow-up um, from, from our last discussion, actually, all about managing boundaries. Yeah. Talk about food for thought. I, I've, I've reflected on this a lot, actually, because t- two things came up for me by pure chance. It wasn't planned, although I'll, I'll claim the win if people think I was very organized. <laughs> I also um, put, a, put out a video, a very brief video about managing boundaries on my YouTube channel. And it was, as you imagine, you know, creating those videos isn't something that you can do super quickly as you think of it. So it was in the works for a little while, but it was actually, it went live the same day as our last episode. So if you want to have a look at magic, professional, if you want to have a look at that, it's much shorter than our episode. Um, You can find those over on richardmckinnon.tv. But actually in editing that and in reflecting on our on our conversation i was reflecting on my own boundary management and how sometimes it's an area i need to work on because i think sometimes i'm less proactive and less open about my own boundaries than i might be considering i run my own business i have so many stakeholders i've got so many things that could take my time and energy and actually i had a bit of a wobble because a request came in while i was on my way to the airport last week i was taking a, a holiday i was about to fly to barcelona and i had that inner struggle of what do i do with this mm-hmm. you know do i do i stick to my guns and say no i actually am on holiday and there's nothing i can do about this right now i'm en route to the airport or, or do I do something less helpful and just ignore this? And actually, I, I, I took the middle ground and jumped on a quick text message to explain the context and said, you know, I'll pick this up when I'm back next week. And of course, the person said, fantastic, you know, that's great. Um, but what I could have done was a better job of, I think, in advance, letting them know I was going to be out of contact. But the bit that took up my, you know, attention was this inner struggle about what do I do? with this. So for me, I've been thinking about boundaries a lot, but one thing I did very well, I think on my break was I didn't touch my email once, which is something I also struggle with. And while I brought my laptop so I could do um, a little bit of work on the plane, it went in the hotel safe and didn't come out once. So I was, I was very proud of that. (laughs) Well done. And I'm sure all our listeners are smiling and going, hurrah, well done. (laughs) Yes. And you make me think that thinking about 
those boundaries, even in situations before they happen, sometimes could be useful. Of course, we don't want to get caught up, but I, I think that just thinking, okay, what, what, what happens if, if this comes up? Okay, I will do that just to, to help you to make that decision so you're not struggling in the moment when it happens as well. Exactly. I think it boils down to this proactivity piece. If you mm -hmm. know how you want to manage your boundaries in general, yeah. then it's up to you to start letting others know about that so you can manage expectations and so that you can think of pinch points where that might be problematic and you can do something about it. So today we're going to talk about distractions. And um, while this topic has come up in conversations before, we thought it would be timely to re revisit it in, in more detail now, given uh, the big changes that are going on for so many people uh, with regard to work, um, their workplace, where they're doing work and who they're working with, and, and maybe taking stock of some of the challenges that people have faced while working in a way that they weren't used to, even though it was for an extended period. Um, I know that a lot of my clients have reflected and been frustrated by distractions in their home environment while working there um, during the lockdown period. So we thought, this is relevant. Let's, let's have another look at it. Sorry, Pilar, you were going to say something. No, I was just going to 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 ask you. <laughs> no, but just uh, just some of the stuff that you had been hearing of of why this was important. Mm, I, you know, it, there's nothing um, too surprising in it, actually. But I think the thing that that came out for me from discussions was people expressed their frustration about noise and other people and um, their inability to focus on and get stuff done. But there was also a belief that they should be able to and that they were maybe the only person who was experiencing this. And of course, isolation from our colleagues means that some, some of these things uh, stay below the surface and we don't talk about them. But of course, so many people were finding this to be a difficult situation. So many people were distracted by what was going on in their uh, emergency home working environment. And of course, it was difficult to focus while we were in the middle of a very ambiguous and challenging global pandemic. So it's not just about um, being able to concentrate on the email in front of you. It's also the acknowledgement that there's stuff that goes on around us and out in the bigger world that can also uh, grab our attention and pull us in, in different directions. But I, I don't recall anyone having any distraction that I'd never heard of mm -hmm. or couldn't identify. It was more a case of how exhausting those were and how frustrating they were and how they could see the impact it was having on um, their their productivity. Another point we've talked about before, you know, the pressure some people put themselves under to appear productive when working from home because they wanted to avoid any um, uh, concern uh, among their colleagues that they were slacking off. And so this additional pressure on top of dealing with this unfamiliar work environment made for a, a very difficult situation. So to, I mean, to, to recap it, it is about... Um, an impact on our productivity. It's important to recognize that distractions can take us away from the things that we want to focus on. But, but even more than that, being able to get back on task takes a lot longer than we actually think it does. 
So it's the difference between someone knocking at your door and the moment it takes you to get back to the table and to look at what you were reading, but then to find your place in the document, to maybe go back and reread something and to get back into that flow of understanding, comprehending, and deciding what you're going to do with that. So it's not just the knock on the door. It's the sort of cognitive effort of getting back into the thing that you were doing. And that's where a lot of time gets lost. And that's where our frustration can build because we feel, haven't I done this? Why, can't, why aren't I making any more progress? And, and so on. So that's the day-to-day -day stuff. But of course, we know from uh, the research done in the, the human error fields that this can be really catastrophic in environments where it's safety critical. You know, it can result in accidents, injuries, and, you know, huge, huge uh, consequences. And we also know that distractions can contribute to job-related stress and increase our anxiety. And we, we had a great chat with Professor Sir Carrie Cooper back in episode 70 when he was talking about what he had termed micro-frustrations in the home working environment. So that was, you know, while, while there was much more of a lockdown, but we were talking about the, the contribution these things make um, to an impact on our well-being. So there's nothing... Uh, new in focusing on distractions. We've known that they contribute to this uh, negative experience for quite some time. But I think it's interesting to look at it because so many people have been thrust into a new way of working and maybe some distractions are noticeable for the first time and the impact on our focus and productivity is maybe more noticeable for the first time. So I think that's why we really want to underline this as being an important element of the work environment. If I can add something that I've been hearing is it's almost the opposite. It's people have had distractions removed while they were working from home and now they're worried about if they go back to the office of those distractions coming back, which of course we I don't want uh, to uh, uh, skip ahead to our conversation, but I found that very interesting as well. Absolutely. Some people found and, and were surprised, actually. They found that the home didn't have as many distractions as previously they thought it would. And then they're now going, oh, I'm distraction-free here. How am I going to manage when I go back? Absolutely. I, I agree with that 100%. And I think there's a, there's a piece about noticing the difference in the context, yes. the physical context, and noticing how you can focus when you are distraction-free versus when you are either answering lots of questions or uh, things coming through instant messenger or distracting yourself, as we'll talk about mm. in, in a moment. But for you, Pilar, what, how and when do you get distracted from the task at hand? I distract myself completely. <laughs> I have to say I have very few external distractions just because of the way I, well, I manage my external possible distractions by I don't have anything, any notifications. So that's, that's one. Mm. Very few people call my phone. Uh, so that's, uh, um, that, that's avoided, but it's, it's, I distract myself. I either, think of something and instead of writing it down, I act on it, even if I'm in the middle of something else, or I decide that it's a good moment to check some piece of communication, even though I'm not getting notifications. Mm. So most of my distractions come from within myself. And do you notice a difference in where you're doing your work, that you, you have different kinds of distractions, or, or do you think they're all coming from within you? Well, I think they come within me, but I think that 
the environment does play a part because now that you mention it, for example, when I'm somewhere like a co-working space where I know I'm only there for a limited amount of time and I'm there to work with a capital W, <laughs> I distract myself less. So mm. I, th- I, I, that's an environment where I don't do all the other stuff I shouldn't be doing. Whereas I have to say that if I'm at home, I can go along for a little bit of time going working deeply into a task but unless there's a deadline on it I distract myself with stuff in the computer it's not even about distracting myself with stuff in the house so I think there is something about where I am that helps Mm. me focus more or less that's a really good point and you know I think many people are going to be working in multiple environments going forward so that noticing what's easier to do in different environments and what you can get done in a shared uh, physical workspace and what you might rather do when you're going to be in a quieter or more isolated spot. Um, I had actually a really interesting experience yesterday. I made a note of this um, in preparation for our discussion. I was in the, the, the airline lounge at Barcelona airport yesterday and it was super quiet. I mean, really, really quiet. And I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pull out my laptop and I'm going to edit my next video because this is perfect. And then a lady sat in in the sofa next to mine and, you know, that's fine. But she began to eat a bowl of nuts in the loudest possible way. And I have to admit, I I gave up after a little while because it wasn't a noise you get used to because it's a regular one. This was an irregular, erratic, and I'm just very sensitive to eating noises. <laughs> me too, me too. Yeah. <laughs> but I've noticed, you know, when I, when I moved my offices, there was sounds I hadn't heard before. And, and after a while I got used to them. I've become very used to maintaining my focus while people are walking up and down the corridor and talking and, and all of that sort of stuff. But when I'm working at home, I know the distractions come from within and mm. they include things like Shall I make a coffee? Is it time to look in the fridge again? Um, you know, and, and also um, when there is no one around me to remind me that it's work time, it's very easy to drift off into other things. So listeners, maybe now uh, or when, when we've finished, will be a good time to pause and think about when and how do you get distracted? Um, is it about the environment? Is it about the people? Is it about you or the task? itself, because I think there might be a link as well here between uh, the tasks we're working on and our tendency to drift and maybe procrastinate as well. So let's have a look at them in a little bit more detail, um, because they're not all the same. They're not created equally. But I find a useful uh, first question to ask ourselves is, is this distraction external to me or internal to me. And what I mean by that is really simply, is this something that's uh, taking my attention away from the task because, for example, a colleague is tapping me on the shoulder and has a question for me. So that's an external uh, distraction. Um, Or is it internal? Is it something to do with my own thoughts or emotions? Maybe I'm worried about something and that's taking my focus away from the present moment. So my focus is either going to something in my environment or it's going into my mind, into thoughts, emotions, and all of that kind of stuff. And that can be a really uh, useful starting point to identify a trend. Are these things outside of me or inside of me? Does that distinction make sense, Pilar? 
Oh, completely, completely. There's, uh, yeah, completely. And I might imagine that sometimes the external ones uh, are more noticeable quicker. Yes. By which someone's saying, excuse me, have you got a minute? Versus, oh, wow, it takes me a few minutes to realize I've drifted off into my thoughts yeah. about tomorrow or next week. And the other thing I imagine, just thinking about it now, because you were saying a second ago about tasks where we're less distracted. So, for example, when I'm editing audio, time mm-hmm. flies. I do not get distracted unless, yeah, actually, I don't get distracted. However, that's when I will notice the external ones a lot because mm-hmm. uh, the external ones can come when we're focused, whereas I think that the internal ones, yeah, we might also be focused, but there might be a reason why we want to drift off. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. find that interesting as well, wh- when they come. It's a really good thing to, to reflect on because it can give us an insight into the kind of work that we experience that positive flow state. Mm-hmm. You know, we're really absorbed versus maybe things we're doing when we're absolutely itching for someone to distract us and give <laughs> us an opportunity to down tools for a few moments. That, that's another distinction that can be useful to make, which is identifying the source of the instigation. What I mean by that is, um, is it something that happened to you or did you start the distraction? And um, maybe the phone rings, that's external to you. You didn't decide to make the phone ring. And we could be deeply philosophical about that, but you, <laughs> you didn't call yourself. However, we can distract ourselves by deciding to multitask. We'll do s- several complex things at the same time. And therefore, none of those things is getting our focus in a way that's going to be helpful. And that's another useful distinction uh, to make, that it's actually um, we decided to do this versus someone else decided to do it to us. And that multitasking is really unhelpful. I know I, I talk about this a lot, but it can make a difficult situation worse. It can increase our levels of anxiety. And of course, it contributes to error. Even though the perception for so many people is it makes them more efficient, it actually requires them to go back over their work more. And it leads to the kind of small mistakes that can be really quite annoying um, and leave people with the wrong impression, obviously. So that's another useful um, distinction to make. But when we think about the emotions associated with it, I find it really useful, especially with my uh, coaching clients, to talk about the difference between distractions that are within our control and those that are outside of our control, because we can start to learn how we can accept the things that are outside of our control. And those that are inside of our control, we can decide to do something helpful about them. So for example, it's within my control to make sure that I, like you, have turned off my notifications while I'm focusing on something important. What's outside of my control? Well, I could make a list as long as our conversation. <laughs> um, I was running a, a webinar uh, just the other week and, and someone in another office had decided to bring their toddler daughter in for the day. And what was outside of my control were the tantrums that were happening all the way through my webinar. Um, so that's where acceptance comes in. You know, what, what, what can I do while this is happening? But I think a lot of the time we underestimate, don't we? what's within our control in that we could influence the situation if it's someone else that is contributing to the distraction and, and talk about it a little bit. Or we could influence the situation by changing how or when we do certain tasks, given we know there will be distractions in this environment. I think the thing that can drive us 
absolutely nuts about this is the belief that things should be different to how they are. You know, that woman shouldn't be eating nuts so close <laughs> to me or, you know, in this environment, you know, it's a public environment. Uh, they shouldn't be playing music in this coffee shop. Well, it's a coffee shop. It's not a library. So, you know, is it within my control? Is it outside of my control? And then what, what helpful steps can I take to either accept this or make a change to my environment? I've really learned to do that or else I would have gone crazy. Uh, there's, uh, there's lots of cars used to park outside my window at home, which is not allowed. So that was driving me crazy. And I was there during the day and I did try and do stuff so it wouldn't happen. But eventually I looked for a co-working space mm. or recently as well, there's been quite a lot of building works around me. So I've just in the morning, I mean, I'm lucky I can do this I've, in the morning. I've just left and gone for a coffee for an hour and a half or something. So yeah, and rather than, as you say, complaining in my head and getting all frustrated because this is happening, uh, I think that is really, really useful. We can get meta frustrations, oh, yeah. you know, that they build and then that's taking us away from either, you know, enjoying our day or simply getting some stuff done. But this, this uh, hanging up on how things should be. And again, not to harp on about it because I know many people won't have left where they live at all this year. But while away uh, in Spain, one of the things my partner and I discussed almost every day was how quiet it was. And we only noticed it um, when walking along a street, uh, there were no cars, there were no people, there was no ambient noise really, except we could hear the sea. And we had this long discussion about how, you know, we live in London, it is constant noise, constant interruptions, constant unexpected things like car horns and planes. And you go somewhere else and you really notice what you're putting up with in the environment you're in most of the time. So of course, then we went straight to an estate agent and started looking at property. <laughs> in, in Barcelona. <laughs> so, yeah. so, um, but it was it, that noticing of the difference was uh, really quite stark, really quite stark. Yeah. And it's noticing uh, someone that in the co-working space, a friend of mine, she cannot work in a quiet office. Whereas for me, it's joy when I go into a co-working space and everyone's quiet. I love it. But for her, it was she can't. So it's she gets distracted then. So it's, uh, this yeah. is the self-awareness that yes. we need when dealing with this. You know, for, for people who um, really know that they want that quiet to get things done, then it's your job to try and find that space to do that. But you, we need to be honest with ourselves that if we do uh, really enjoy working with and being in a busy environment, then that's okay as long as we're not increasing the level of distractions mm. by engaging with that, that busy environment. Yeah. But there's no one size fits all here, is there? When it comes to these things, um, I know someone like me uh, will get, you know, inordinately wound up about something that interrupts me, and you might just get back in a focus mode much faster. Mm -hmm. uh, but we need to reflect on this and to see what we can do about it. I thought it might be useful as well to have a look at some of the the common sources, not just those distinctions we've made, but we've touched on this first one already, which is technology. And this can be from the hand drifting over to the mobile phone to see what we're missing, a bit of FOMO when it comes to our, our social networking, or it could be notifications coming up on the screen in front of us. It could be the pings and the, the whoops and the bangs coming out of all, all of our uh, devices, but it, it's a given these days, technology is a major source 
of uh, of distra- can be a major source of distraction. There's one though that I, I've talked about quite a bit with clients actually um, during the the homeworking experience, and I need to find the the correct attribution for this, but um, I've been referring to it as the silent to do list, and this is the things that are physical and around you, and every time you see them, you think, oh, I need to do something about that. And it, it it adds on to the mental to-do list and it represents a distraction from what you're trying to do in the moment. So this could be about you know just, just putting away that paperwork out of sight so you don't keep thinking about it and distracting yourself or putting that laundry basket outside of the room or, you know, there's lots and lots of things. Here in my office, I have a cupboard um, <laughs> that was left by the previous tenants and I decided to keep it because it's got two doors on the front and it, the stuff that is unfinished, unfiled, untidied, just goes in there when I, I don't want to see it and I can close the doors and then believe I'm a minimalist for a few <laughs> a few hours anyway. But I also know that, yes, just seeing something in the environment can kick off lots of thoughts and take me away from what I'm trying to do. Is that something you can identify with, Pilar? Yes, although I don't have that much stuff, but definitely uh, seeing things, whether it's also sometimes it's just a thought on a post-it note as well. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's seeing the phone, so I have to put that away from from myself. And there might be things in the house that need doing or something that needs a little bit of tidying up. But for that, I yeah, I tend to just ignore that. I've learned to ignore some of that. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty good at ignoring the tidying, uh, <laughs> which is maybe unhelpful. But yeah, it's 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 often more work related things, and I think, oh yeah, I need to do something about that. Mm. And it, it can definitely be a, dis- a distraction, as can things we haven't finished yet. So half uh, completed tasks or, or unfinished tasks. We've started something and our mind continues to work on that while we do something else. Um, and we've talked about this when we were talking about task management uh, in, in a previous episode, that it's really useful to make that distinction between a task we can do now versus the project it's part of. So, you know, when we've got lots and lots of things that have yet to be done, it, it can serve as a distraction from the other things that we're trying to get done. And of course, our internal state, as we've alluded to, uh, our feelings of anxiety, worry, stress, or even excitement and joy about things that are happening or yet to happen, um, they can distract us. Uh, So we have talked at length on the podcast about the skills of diffusion to be able to step back from the that internal stuff and to act in a way that's more effective in the moment but they can be a real source of distraction as in we can be sitting in a silent room all alone and still find it difficult to focus because of what's going on inside of us and of course we've got multitasking um just a a, a, a a habit that prevents us from giving our focus to one thing at a time. Now, I'm sure there are so many other things uh, that uh, that could distract us. What I think would be useful is for each of the listeners to think about what is it that distracts me? What are the things that in my work environment or environments that I find myself going back to, focusing on, and then think about what they can do about that? When it comes to dealing with these, just a few points of guidance, really. Um, 
I've mentioned it already, but it's really important to be honest about this. Uh, if you enjoy, for example, listening to music while working, you need to be honest with yourself and say, do, do I actually work better without the music playing? Uh, if it is about dampening out other unpredictable noises, might my, my white noise uh, or non-musical noise uh, be something that helps me more than music I love listening to? Because uh, I know for my part, I'll get, I'll get lost in the music yeah. if I do that. So being honest about what's actually going on here. Then for those things that we know are controllable, try and minimize them. It might be just for a few moments. You know, it might be turning off notifications while you read something difficult and technical or, you know, you know it needs your attention. You can always turn those notifications back on, but minimize the things that are controllable and set yourself up for success rather than I'll deal with them. You know, I'll somehow manage it. It's really useful to have a very accessible inbox. Now, Pilar, you, you kind of mentioned this earlier about the post-it notes. When we get a thought about something that needs to be done, that can really distract us, even though that could be a helpful thought, a helpful reminder that our mind is giving us. If you have a way of jotting that down or recording it somehow immediately, that will enable you to get back on task quicker than saying, oh, I'll remember that for later. Because as we all know, they're the kinds of things that evaporate from our conscious awareness pretty quickly. And there are some really specific um, technology uh, thoughts here about, well, one, one app at a time or you know the apps you absolutely need being in front of you because one of the things we know about applications is if they're designed to grab our attention they will and you know that's outside of our conscious awareness they're designed in a way to draw our eyes and our ears towards them i love and i know this isn't applicable to all of our listeners but um the updates from apple to iOS, iPad OS, and the Mac OS in the last few weeks have included a thing called focus modes. And these are fantastic. This is like a do not disturb that you can tailor and have pretty much as many versions of it as you want. So for example, I could set up a focus mode called podcasting. And that would be for these conversations and it would allow no interruptions uh, from any apps or any people or anything like that but then I could have another one called reading and then I wouldn't get notifications from say email and things like that. But I could also say, but if these three people text me, I want that notification. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> talk about controlling uh, external distractions. Exactly. And uh, a lot of the uh, worry that my clients have when they talk about, you know, turning off notifications is of course, oh, I'm going to miss something important. So for those out there who are either using an iPhone or a Mac or both, this is something to explore because I think it really reflects as some of the other updates do the fact that not everyone is sitting in a quiet workspace and we do need different modes of focus and that the example there would be i want no notifications except my boss <laughs> if my boss texts me or emails me i want to to know about that and i just thought i would flag that i'll put a link to it in the show notes because i think it's a really nice user-friendly addition to the operating systems that reflects how we're working now so a few thoughts on distractions, how they can get in the way, how they can uh, pull us away from what's really important, um, but that they're not all created equal and they don't impact us all in the same way. 
As I said, it would be really useful for our listeners to take a few moments to think about the distractions that they're aware of, the level of control or influence they have over them, and the ultimate source. Are you potentially distracting yourself? Um, I think we've both realized that we can do that. I think most people can. It's what we do about that uh, that really matters. Pilar, anything else to throw into the mix before we wrap up today? Yes, one quick one, and it's that sometimes what distracts us changes through time. I don't know mm. if you've noticed that, but I've noticed that I, I, I used to need music to focus, and I know I'm going into a slightly different arena. Um, and then I noticed that actually complete silence was what I, need, what I needed. And recently I've come back to needing a bit of music just to help me just think about doing one thing. So I think that's also something when we're becoming more aware to maybe revisit some of um, what what used to distract us and see whether it's the same. Mm. And I, I think that's a, a really good point because as people are transitioning maybe back into an office yeah. environment to think about, well, for the last year I've liked it like this and now I'm going into this, as we said with boundaries, trying to avoid rules you're applying to the situations and maybe think in terms of principles and preferences, they give you a lot more wiggle room to deal with frustrations and they don't turn into uh, either angry or anxious situations um, as easily. Thanks for that, Pilar. That's a really, really great point to add. Um, please, listeners, get in touch with your questions, your examples, or your tips on how you deal with distractions in your environment. Um, the, it's always great to hear from the listeners. You can send us a message on Twitter at mypocketpsych, uh, something longer on our contact form, worklifepsych.com slash contact. You can email us now podcast at worklifepsych.com and you can even leave us a voicemail and there'll be a link to that in the show notes this is um the i know <laughs> this is the episode before the birthday episode so um we really want to hear from you uh what is it you've enjoyed over the last 99 episodes what is it you found useful what is it you've put into practice um anything you think it would be good for us to hear and we love to hear anything send it in uh, let us know if you'd like us to read it out uh, attribute it to you or keep it anonymous but anything send it through and we'll we'll cover that off on our next big birthday episode and in the meantime thank you for listening Thanks for downloading this episode of My Pocket Psych. To get in touch with questions and feedback, you can tweet us at worklifepsych or leave us a message on the contact form at www.worklifepsych.com contact. Thanks for listening.